So it was an incredible day. It was, it not only beat every other record, it, it crushed it. I think the highest any other group had done was uh, $5 million in a day. You hear all the bull about marketing every day. Make your money in your sleep. My new offer is crushing it. My guru could beat up your guru. It's time to go right to the source and get the truth about marketing. With your host, the founder of CopyChief.com, Kevin Rogers. Hey, welcome back to The Truth About Marketing. It's Kevin Rogers here. Great one today. My guest is Aaron DeHogue. He is the executive publisher at Banyan Hill. Banyan Hill is a financial newsletter publisher and part of the Agora uh, monolith (laughs) that we uh, all know and love. Uh, We're going to talk to Aaron about the sort of the cutthroat world of uh, financial newsletter marketing and copywriting. Uh, he's going to explain to us what the Zambezi report is that comes out uh, faithfully every morning across all the Agora divisions that rank uh, the success of uh, current promos. He's going to give us some great insights about cart value and why his is highest in the industry, at least among Agora divisions. And the single webinar that launched a $12 million day at Agora and literally was so successful that it locked up and shut down the entire ordering system at Agora. So Aaron, thanks for being here, man. I'm looking forward to this. Thank you, Kevin. And uh, I appreciate you having me. Uh, That was a great night hanging out with you and Mark Ford over the cigar bar. I think Mark's the only guy I know. By the way, if people don't know, Mark Ford was one of the founders of Agora. Uh, which is about a billion dollar company this year. And he's got this beautiful house on the beach and he never hangs out there. He likes to hang out at the cigar bar further back in town next to the, the railroad tracks, but it's really a, a really cool hangout for people. So uh, it was great hanging out that night. That's for sure. And, and thank you for having me on the show. Yeah. Thanks for agreeing to do this. I know how busy you are and uh, you know, you're going to share some stuff today that's really insightful and I'm looking forward to it. Um, it let's talk a little bit. About, is the, you frequent, you know, Mark's uh, world and and that that joint there. Um, is Mark been a longtime mentor of yours, or how did all that come about? Uh, great question. Um, I met Mark probably about five or six years ago. I was working at Newsmax Media. I started at Newsmax around two thousand and five, and I kind of helped them start their sales team and customer service. Then in two thousand and nine. Um, I joined forces with uh, Jed Canty, and we really helped launch Newsmax's financial publishing division. And that's going really well. And through all that, I just, Mark Ford's, he, we're local. I'm down here. I'm just a couple miles from Mark. And through all that, I, I got to know Mark and, um, and started hanging out like at the cigar bar, started hanging out at different events with him, got to know him pretty well. And, and eventually, there was an opportunity that opened up to, to join Agora in 2015, and I leapt on that. I took over a division called Sovereign Society, and since then, we've changed the name over to Banyan Hill, and we've been able to grow that company in the last three years from $6 million in annual revenue, and this year, we should be able to go, and well, I say this year, today, actually, we should be able to hit $100 million in annual revenue. Wow. So we've had a huge amount of growth over the last three years, and we're real excited about it. Yeah, that's amazing. That's really incredible. And wh- how big has the department grown to accomplish that kind of spike? 
I think that's pretty incredible, actually. So we've gone in, in 2015, the department was probably about, I'd say, 25 to 30 people. And today we're sitting right around 45 to 50 people. Mm. So we haven't had to, um, our, our revenues have grown uh, a lot, obviously 6 million to 100 million, and we haven't had to grow our staff as much. So the profit margins have increased incredible yeah, at an incredible pace. And um, it's just been a lot of fun. I mean, the key to me was when, we, when I joined, getting together a really great copy team. That's number one. Uh, number two was getting together a great marketing team that could leverage that copy. And number three was making sure we had some really killer editors in there, some gurus who really was were passionate about their their audience and were good at what they did. Yeah, I want to dive into that a little bit because I know we're going to talk about cart value. Um, so maybe let's just start there to give some context if people don't really understand the intricacies of cart value. But I want to talk about that the guru. And uh, I know that you know you sort of attach uh, a lot of uh, meaning behind cart value to how you guys set up and build trust in in uh with your gurus. So sure. Let's start. Yeah. Let's start with, um, an explanation of cart value and, and, uh, how you guys use that as a gauge across all the, the financial divisions. Absolutely. Yeah. So when people think about cart value, the first thing they do is they kind of yawn and then they think about, okay, that's marketing. And they're talking about the upsell funnel. For me, cart value actually starts in the promotion in the copy. And, you know, and, and I'll step back a little bit. When I look at cart value, um, to give an idea to our uh, the people listening, right now for our what we call front end offers for um, offers that are around a hundred dollars or so, um, the, that initial acquisition, um, most people in our industry are getting between fifty dollars and a hundred dollars for that initial purchase. We're getting around two hundred to two hundred fifty dollars, and why is that? Well, it goes beyond that upsell funnel. It really starts, like I mentioned, in the copy. And so let me explain that a little bit. So when it comes to our copy, the big thing I encourage our copywriters to do is to make sure that they really build the value of getting access to the guru, not just the report you're teasing, not just the stock tip that you're giving out. What's really going to drive a person to purchase more from you is if you create that relationship with the guru. So, for example, we have a promotion that's been running now for a year and a half around a guy named Paul Mimpilli. The interesting story behind Paul is that um, he was basically let go or fired from three different divisions at Agora, from Palm Beach Letter, from Agora Financial, as well as Stansberry. And then he kind of landed on my doorstep and I really thought about a different way to promote him and really start him out with a front end service versus only being a high price back end guy. So we created a front end promotion around him. Now, when you watch that promotion, the big hook, the tease that gets you in is this very idea of this little chip sitting on top of a dime. We, we have this image in front of people and says, hey, take a look at this little device. Well, this little device is going to make you millions of dollars, basically, is what we say. But then within about the first five minutes, we make a turn and talk about who Paul Mampilli is and build up his credibility, his track record, his ability to run a hedge fund. And people's like jaw starts to drop when they hear this, like this guy is like the real deal. But then we also kind of create this hero's journey and talk about how Paul 
is really a person who's just um, an ordinary guy, and he was inspired by his father. And his father worked really hard to get him to a private school and then to a, get a college degree from a U.S. college, and then he got his U.S. citizenship. And it's, um, it's just an amazing story, actually, when you hear about Paul, and I think it's a story that a lot of people can connect with. And we actually, in some ironic way, make Paul this all-American guy. And, um, and then we go on through the rest of the presentation. So people really make this connection with Paul. So I bring all this back and getting back to your point that our cart value is higher. And I think a big reason for that is because people aren't just buying his stock tease, his stock tip or report. They're buying access to Paul, that ability to look over this expert's shoulder and see his model portfolio to get his insider guidance. And I think this is something that can relate between financial and health, by the way. I mean, Build up the credibility of the doctor or the expert and that you're getting his insight, um, not just the newsletter. I think a great, you know, we've heard it a million times. Nobody buys another newsletter and nobody wants that. Right. They want something more than that. So give them access to this guru. So when people get to our order page, they very quickly take the higher price and then they buy more in the upsell funnel. Um, is that making sense so far? Yeah, it absolutely makes sense, but I, I want to scratch a little deeper on that just because it seems like um, that's obvious. It's a it's a little obvious, right? Like the other is so competitive in all the financial. I think of like Weiss, you know. I obviously like he's the guru. The whole company's built around him, and so uh, the idea of you know building up trust and prestige for the guru and having access to their portfolio and, and what's on their mind and what they see on the horizon. Um, I know that that's pretty universal. So I'm, I'm curious to, it just seems like you guys are doing it better somehow. Is it that you guys, uh, you know, what are like some extra steps maybe that you guys take to build up that trust and tell those stories that other divisions perhaps aren't? Well, I think a lot of divisions, when it comes to the promotions, in the beginning of them, they build up the authority um, so that people stick around and listen. Like, well, why should I believe this guy that the market's going to crash? You know, using Martin Weiss as the example, and now they're going to stick around and listen. Yeah. But when you get to the end of it, it really becomes much more about getting a report versus getting access to Weiss, to, to Martin Weiss. And so going back to my Paul Mampilli example, when we get towards the end of it, we really circle full all, all the way back around. And back to the hero's journey of Paul and how Paul now is the point of his career where he's made his millions of dollars and wants to help the average American. And I haven't seen that nearly as much in other promotions. And, and we use tons of testimonials about how Paul's already helped people. Now he wants to help you and you get all this access for 99 bucks. But it's like, you know, and that's where we kind of say, how do you, how do you get access to me? Well, that's, that's why I created this service. I teamed up with Banyan Hill Publishing and we created this amazing new product that you can now have access to. And so I think that's part of it. I mean, I think the other part of it is getting really good gurus. I think we have a great team of gurus that, you know, just they are experts in their field versus just getting some other Joe out there. That's a great writer. And I mean, I'll talk about that a little bit. I, I think as a publisher, I have a little bit of a different opinion about what makes a good guru. And by that, I mean, if, if you look in the, in the industry, a lot of people in the publishing world look for great writers. I don't care how good my gurus can write, or is it well? Maybe I made a mistake there. I don't care how well they can write, but I, um, 
I can hire someone to write for them. I can hire someone to ghost write for them. What I really care about is their ability to convey a message. Right now, we're doing a podcast, and podcasts are so such a new medium of a, a powerful new medium of, of communication. And so I love it when I hear a guru talk on a podcast. Paul Mampilli is a great example. He's not a great writer. I have someone ghostwrite nearly all of his material. He's really great on a podcast. And when he's up there talking about his next stock pick, by the time you get done listening to it, you are so convinced that you're going to go out there and buy it. And Or if his, his stock's going down and he's telling you to stick to it, by the time he's done, you're going to stick to it because he can convey that message so in such a powerful way over his podcast versus other people who are really good at writing. So I can get someone to ghost write. Um, what, I'm, what I'm interested in is a person with a great, a guru with a great backstory and a great track record that can convey a message um, in, in multiple different ways. Yeah, that's really fascinating. But And you mentioned that Paul had 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 been with other divisions before you, yeah? Correct. And I think that's something I saw with Paul that others didn't, because I think these other divisions um, tried to get Paul to be a great writer, and they could never get him to be a great writer. And when I looked at him, I realized, look, this guy's not a great writer, but I can hire someone to ghostwrite for him because he can convey a message. And so that's something important, I think, for other publishers to look at is, you know, stop, stop looking if they can write or not. Figure out if they are actually legit at what they do, and if they can write great. If not, I'll find someone else that can write for them. Right. Yeah. Really cool insight. Okay. So um, now let's talk about how that directly affects card value a little bit more. Um, like you said, you know, when the difference is, I guess for you guys, um, that it, it's all about the the upsells and, and really the success of the entire funnel, not just that uh, front end ac acquisition. Absolutely. And, you know, so and over the last four or five years, I think our whole industry's evolved quite a bit where four or five years ago, the name of the game was really about getting email acquisitions and you get on this free email file, then you upsell them. Now, everybody's out there trying to go direct to the acquisition. Um, some people are still do name collection. We do it a little bit, but not a lot. But the big thing is just go direct out on ad networks, whether that be Google, Taboola, Outbrain, Facebook, Yahoo Finance, whatever. And they, um, we just go direct for the sale. And that's a very competitive environment. So in that competitive environment where my competition is getting 100 bucks an order, maybe even 150 bucks an order, I have a huge advantage over them because I'm getting $200 an order to $250 an order. And that's like, number one, goes back to the guru and selling the, the advantage of getting access to this guru versus just a reporter stock tease. So that's step one. The next part of that then comes on our, um, on our order page. And we have, I mean, a lot of people have already copied this. It's basically, you got three offers and, you know, the best offer that we want them all to select is pre-selected and all that stuff. So I could go through that. And that might be a little bit boring uh, for you guys. But I think the big thing that, you know, because I think everyone's doing that already. If you're not, you should be doing it. Have, have three offers. I, I, three offers is about term three selections, have three selections on the order page and make the one that they should be getting the best value just clear as day and they just select it so it's a no-brainer. And then what a lot of people, a lot of mistakes I've seen happen is then people go to, is what they do next. And let me, and maybe I can ask you, Kevin, like 
What do you typically see people do next after that initial order? Usually on the thank you page, they'll start to see a video for the next offer. And what is the typical next offer that you've noticed? Is it like, uh, do they pay more money or less money? Yeah, it's usually more. Okay. I've seen some people that still go lower. And I think that's a, that's a big mistake. Most people should know that. You got to go higher, all right? You, you've already got them in for, let's just say, 100 bucks. So we just go straight for 500 bucks or 700 bucks. And, and then we really start mapping this out. And people, like for us, um, I don't use any high technology for this. I use a number two pencil and a piece of paper, and we just map this thing out. And so if they say yes to that lifetime, great. We take them to something they pay even more money with. If they say no to it, we down sell them to an additional year. And we go through this massive funnel. And that allows us usually to go from like 100 bucks up to $200 an order. And from there, usually people are done. What we're doing now is that those people who don't take those big ticket items like that $500 offer, well, now we get them into a certain welcome series that we, we move them over. And then about a week later, we start hitting them up again and say, hey, I know you skipped out on this. And I can understand why it's because 500 bucks is a lot up front because you haven't seen, you know, everything I have to offer, but now you've seen it. So now you have a two day opportunity to take us up on this $500 offer. And we push out really hard for two days. So that allows us to keep getting that cart value up higher and higher and higher. And so that goes all the way back to this competitive environment that we're in where, um, man, I'm telling you, it's, it's the, how much you pay per click is getting so competitive where I remember I remember about five, six years ago, we were paying about 10 cents a click on Outbrain. Now we're paying $1 a click. Wow. So just to put that in perspective, you've got to convert 10 times as many people just to get the same number. So this is where it's incredibly important for us to have a higher cart value, but not reduce that conversion. And so that's something we always watch. Yeah, you can get a higher cart value, but do you reduce your conversion? So we pay a lot of, a, we pay attention to that uh, very closely. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about the Zambezi report? Absolutely, yeah. Um, so the Zambezi report, if you guys, if anybody works for Agora, they know what the Zambezi report is. And I had mentioned this to Kevin when we were hanging out at Mark's Club, and I said, uh, every day, the Zambezi report comes out at 6.18 a.m. in the morning. And this report shows what every single Agora affiliate did in orders the day before. And it's broken up into three different categories. You know, your front-end offers, your back-end offers, and your products. Products are mostly like the health supplements. Front-end offers are those $100 type offers, the feeders, and then you have the high price items. And so every single day, Agora, which is, I think, around about 25 different divisions, you basically get a report from the day before showing how everybody did. Now, as you can imagine, um, that makes for a very competitive environment. Now, the, the founders of Agora swear that they did it because they wanted to see what offers were working. And if I see money map on the top, I can click on and I can see what offer they're using to get those orders. So it's very transparent. But what it did is actually create this incredibly competitive environment where I can tell you today, Agora Financial was on the top of the front end offers. <clears throat> they're doing a Bitcoin offer and they did 1800 orders. Um, I'm in the second place and the third place. And then underneath that is other groups. So it's always kind of this really cool competitive environment where everyone's trying to be on top. And it's a fun competitive environment, um, you know, where we go back and forth kind of in, 
I know it's almost like brotherly love type thing where you're competitive, but you also get angry at each other once in a while. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's a, it's a lot of fun. We like to rag on each other, but when someone does really well, like when we had our, our $12 million day last year, uh, over, I guess a couple of months ago, um, we got, I got a lot of compliments from people saying, wow, how did you do it? This is awesome. No one's ever done this before. So it's a lot of fun to be in that environment, um, where it's very competitive and, um, and we just can use that environment to learn from each other as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's super cool. You, you showed me the report from that day and uh, it was really stunning to see those numbers. And I imagine everybody, nobody sleeps past six fifteen. they They're just sitting there waiting for that six eighteen report. Right. I mean, this is not something people take lightly. No, it's, it's not. I mean, I think it's, well, it's, and it's funny too, because you can see the people who are competitive, like I am, like I always check it like at six nineteen AM. Um, so I know that it's come through and sometimes as early as, you know, six nineteen or six twenty, I start getting emails from guys like Joe Schreifer or, uh, who's at Agora Financial or Ryan Marcus at Palm Beach Letter. And they're just like, Hey, what are you doing over here? You know, and, <laughs> or we just start ragging on each other. So, um, so it, it's a lot of fun in that regards. Um, on the downside, sometimes I wake up in the morning at like six ten, and I'm sitting there thinking, "Wow, that report's coming out in a few minutes," and then I'm just laying there awake waiting for it to come. So it gets a little obsessive sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess in in a good way. I mean, it's, it's, it certainly gets your priorities in order every single morning, right? You're, you're taking inventory as you're waiting for that report to come in. What did we miss? What didn't we do? Absolutely. Uh, it, it, and I'm sure you have you know, a, a part of your team is dedicated just to the tech, right? Constantly testing, making sure everything's working like it should. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we're always, we're always testing different offers in the upsell funnel. Um, that's something everybody's got to do. Um, you know, we just go from, we, we literally right now we have a control, we have a list of like 10 different tests that we want to do next. And we just go from one to the next, to the next, to the next. And we love to do it even more. Um, but it, it sometimes it's, it's hard to get to it. We're still, you got to look at Banyan Hill. Like I mentioned, we're growing so fast. And whereas most companies our size might have a marketing team of about 15 or 20 people, we have a marketing team of seven or eight people. So we're still, we're still growing and expanding. Um, it's exciting, but there's also growing pains through that. Sure. Absolutely. Um, Boy, so many questions I want to ask. I'm not sure where to take this, but I, I think I got to uh, hear a little bit more about this $12 million day. Give us some context on that. Sure. So we, um, we here at Banyan Hill, um, we're still kind of somewhat unknown about a year ago. And we were building up this file for Paul Mampilli. His front-end acquisitions were doing great. We were getting about five or 600 orders a day. And um, it was great to see that list grow and grow and grow. And so we were working on launching his backend service. And so when we finally got everything together, we decided to do this big product launch. And the idea behind that, well, should, should I stop and explain what a product launch is, Kevin? I'm not sure how many people listening will be familiar with that. Uh, I think they probably do, but give, give it to us for, for how you guys see it, You know what, what pieces are involved and, and all that stuff. Sure, sure. So what we always do is we build a, um, a hot list page. So in other words, people sign up to watch a webinar. I always do it one week out. And so they go to this page, pretty short copy, one or two pages long sometimes not even that long. And they just fill out their first name, email address, and phone number. 
I personally make them fill that out. Some people will like automatically sign them up. I don't like doing that. Um, I want to make sure that they have to click the enter button and sign up for it. I do autofill their email address in if, if we have, I mean, obviously we have it, but sometimes you do external efforts, but if we have it, we do the, um, the email address just so they don't type it in wrong, but I haven't filled in the first name. Uh, we do phone number as well so that we can send them text alerts, but they sign up to watch a webinar usually about a week out. And so once they sign up, um, I get, I get a little crazy with it. I go a little bit to the extreme. So I think what's unique about us is once you sign up, you go to the next page where there's a video, just a one minute video. That's really emotionally driven, making some big promises. And then we ask them to make a commitment basically to watch the video and ask them to explain what they're going to do. If we can make them a hundred thousand or $200,000, whatever kind of promise that we put out there. And the idea behind that is once they fill out what they're going to do with $100,000 that they make from this trading service, now they've really committed. Now, I mean, it got their greed glands going, first of all, but they've really committed towards watching this. Um, the third benefit to doing that is we collect all that data. And then about two or three days later, we show them what everybody's saying. Like, look at all, your, all the people who signed up and look what they're saying, what they're going to do. And it's really humbling because, believe it or not, Kevin, about 80% of that, of the people who sign up, they're going to use their gains to give to their church or people in need. And it's, <laughs> it's always funny to, to read the comments. I don't think anyone wants to buy a second house or go on vacation. They're always like, I just want to give it to my church. And I'm like, Interesting. You're, a, you're awesome. So yeah, that's great. So um, that's the commitment page. And I think the, um, the big thing we do is once people are on that hot list and they sign up to watch the webinar, we go all out and hit them up two to three times a day until the webinar. Um, a lot of times, the big mistake I've seen a lot of uh, other people do is, is when someone signs up to watch that webinar, you don't talk to them. Well, they just signed up, they're hot, they're excited about it. So we touch base with them two to three times a day um, from various people. We have different ways of doing it, but it just really keeps building up this excitement to watch this one event. We text them, we, we do every sing single kind of alert that we can do to keep reminding them of it. So we, we air the webinar at one o'clock um, is usually when we do it. We found that's an optimal time. So this particular event was around Paul Pilly's Extreme Fortunes uh, service. And this was a, a great event in part because we had 60,000 people who were already subscribed to Paul's front end service called Profits Unlimited. And they were making money in every position. So they signed up in droves. We had about 20,000 people on the hot list. And there's a big promise uh, towards the Extreme Fortunes uh, service. Uh, it was to make a thousand percent over the next year. So they sign up, they watch it as a one hour webinar. We pre-record everything, but it feels very live. And then we open up the card around two o'clock. And I'll never forget this event because I get a call from my uh, marketing manager and she says, well, we, we have a problem. And I was like, oh no. She goes, well, the order page is locked up. Nobody can get their orders through, which I knew was a problem. But at the same time, I knew it was a really good thing because that meant that we had so many people going to the order page at the same time. It like literally crashed our website. Well, come to find out, it not only crashed our website, it actually crashed all of Agora's ordering system. <laughs> like wow. everything shut down uh, for about 10 minutes. And, um, 
so we were just ecstatic. Um, and so we sent out an email to people saying, you know, the order page crashed, it's back up. <clears throat> and so by, man, by about four or five o'clock, I remember we had about $7 million in orders, went home. And by the next morning, it was uh, $12 million. Wow. So it was an incredible day. It was, um, it not only beat every other record, it, it crushed it. I think the highest any other group had done was uh, $5 million in a day. Wow. So it, it did incredibly well. And um, with that said, it was it was a crazy launch because we actually had to close that product down because we're getting too many people in it. And so we, we closed it down. And then within about 12 hours, we wrote a new promotion for a product that didn't exist and allowed people to reserve their spot in it for 100 bucks. And that also worked very well for us. What was the price of the Extreme Fortunes offer? $3,000. And then they had to upsell to a lifetime and along with a few other upsells. So I think the average cart was around 4,000. Okay. And uh, why do you say you had to shut it? I mean, what, what were the consequences of too many people and coming into it? We would move the market with this service uh, as a financial product. Uh, Paul Mimpley was not, it was not so much like micro caps, but he would do like small caps to mid caps uh, stocks. And so when you get 4,000 people all going into one stock at a time, we can actually move the market on that stock. And so we, we're at the point where we, we just got to be cautious of that. We don't want to, to hurt our subscribers. Right. Interesting. Uh, so, but really the success of that was, you said sort of the perfect buildup of the success he had his positions coming through, uh, coming through and helping, you know, your subscribers earn money just as promised. So again, it's all, like you said, it's, it's investing in a guru who knows their stuff and doing a great job of marketing the results that they're getting. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's all part of the product launch formula, but before you even get to that, it, like you said, you have to have a great guru who really understands what his job is. And, you know, Paul, Paul got that. Um, we had a successful front of promotion um, around the internet things. That's the one I was talking about earlier with, a, you know, the device on a coin. And it was, it's, the whole promo was about the internet of things. And so Paul just constantly kept harping on that theme about the internet of things, the internet of things, the internet of things. And so he, he just had this high retention and this, I mean, it was just his fan base is the intensity of them. It, it's incredible. So we were very fortunate in that regards. Now we did that big launch, did 12 million. And then, you know, once the, the excitement died down, we've kind of launched it a couple of times since. And pretty much every time we, we release that promotion, we do a million dollars. Um, but we try to be careful about not getting too many people in the service. Right. And just for some context, the internet of things, interesting topic to me and in, in trend to latch onto, because it's a little bit of a longer play, right? Uh, it, but the internet of things, describe that briefly, Aaron. So the interesting idea behind the internet of things promotion is that we were not the first one out there. This was a great example of the second mouse gets the cheese. Uh, we were probably actually like the fifth mouse. Um, a lot of people have tried to do promotions around the internet of things. This very idea that, you know, things will communicate via the internet. So your phone with your garage connected to also your coffee pot. And so there's this device that's really essential for the growth of the internet of things. And the whole promotion was around that very device. Um, but since then, you know, Paul has continued to talk about the internet of things and how that's going to change the landscape and various different companies 
that will benefit from the growth of the Internet of Things. Yeah, he, I read a great article where he talked about when he was growing up in India, you know, a car driving by their house would be an event, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But obviously in other parts of the world, it was nothing to people, right? Right. And he talked about because of the, the progression we've made technologically in the Internet of Things, a change will happen in real time globally. And that's how big this change is and how big this opportunity is. If you understand what the devices are and what the companies are making those devices, who will uh, play a, a pinnacle role in that, that progression. Absolutely. And I think one thing important thing to note is, you know, for people who are copywriters that are listening to this, if you go to that promotion, um, which if you go to banyanhill.com, you're bound to find that promotion on our website somewhere because it's in all the banners. Um, we really buried the idea of the Internet of Things. So when we started writing this, the copywriter and I looked at it and said, we can't talk about the Internet of Things right off the bat because that's half the people don't get it. Um, so you've got to talk about something that they can relate to. So we finally, we reveal the Internet of Things probably about halfway through the promotion, how it works um, in a very simple way that people can, can grasp. And, you know, obviously... I think one of the reasons why it has worked well is, like I mentioned, we were like the fifth mouse to the cheese is our audience, our demographic, which is really 65 plus, um, can now understand what we're talking about when we talk about the Internet of Things, because they now, most of them have a smartphone, or at least they understand the advantage of a smartphone and how it can connect to their garage door, their security system. Right, right. They're seeing that in real real time, and, and it's affecting their life at this point. Exactly. Not, not just that their grandkids have these crazy devices that they're all addicted to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, interesting. Fascinating. Okay, great. So I want to respect your time, Aaron. Um, uh, and I want to get to the essential question. But um, quickly tell me, uh, how? what's the frequency of communication? When you're building up trust in a, in a guru like Paul, uh, is he writing, what, two or three newsletters a week? What's the frequency? Great question. So with Paul, um, he writes once a week in a free e-letter called Winning Investor Daily. And then with his front-end newsletter called Profits Unlimited, he does a weekly podcast every Tuesday. Um, and that's something we send, out, we send an email out that links to the podcast because most of our audience still communicates by email. And other than that, he does a monthly issue uh, for his Profits Unlimited service. And he'll also do sell alerts when it's time to sell a position. So that's the front end service. Now the, the higher price services really aren't much different. He still does a weekly update. He still does trade alerts and things along those lines. I don't, I, I don't always, um, he, I should say he does also like a lot of the social media stuff. We're really getting a lot more into that. Um, a couple of people have opted into that. So he does the YouTube videos. He does the Facebook pages and things along those lines as well. And in those newsletters and all those communications, is he is a big part of it celebrating the wins of of subscribers? That social proof, absolutely. And he's he's so good at this. Like he'll have a big win, and so let's just say it's his weekly update, and an email comes out that links to his podcast. Well, in the email, he'll have some written testimonials from people who've made money. And so he shares those and then you click on the podcast. And one of the great things that Paul does is he says, wow, guys, we just made these gains. And it's never I, it's always we. 
And he'll say, he'll say, guys, you, we just made these gains. You should be so proud of yourself for taking the step. You've done a great job. And I love it because it's always about the reader. It's never about Paul. And so he comes off, he kind of continues that theme from the promotion of that humble beginning, you know, this guy that has come to America, become a citizen and, um, people connect to him. And I, I can't tell you how many times people write in that say, Paul, part of the reason I subscribe to you is because of your respect for your father and your respect for America. Cause Paul did get his, his citizenship and he talks about that and how hard of a process it was, but how that was one of the, the greatest days of his life when he became a citizen of the United States of America and talk about connecting with our core demographic. I mean, that's a spot on. Yeah. It was a challenge though, because he is Indian and you know, the, you know, you just always talking about white conservative males here. Let's be frank. They're not always, uh, is, is accepting, uh, known for their, you know, did it take extra work to tell that story? And then once they do hear the story, the bonding is like you said, uh, on a next level, because it becomes about sharing core values and not about how you look or, or kind of accent you have. Right. Um, great question. I think we were able to overcome that because the a big reason is because when you hear Paul speak, he doesn't have an accent at all. Um, I think the other reason if you look at him is, you know, he's got a shaved head. He, he looks very American. Yeah. And the, the big, the other big point is like I mentioned is when you hear him talk in the promotion, we do, a, there's a couple great lines where he says, you know, one of my proudest days of my life is when I became a citizen of the United States of America. And I think at that point, you've overcome that hurdle that a lot of our, our base might have already put up a little bit. They're like, okay, this guy's legit. He understands what it means to be an American. And that's why I mentioned before, he's actually kind of become our, our all-American guy. Hey, it's Kev here. And if you like this podcast, then you are going to love the Copy Chief app. Total, custom, easy to use, smooth phone app where you can listen to every podcast episode plus get all the show notes and dig it you can listen right inside the app even when your phone is in the locked position super cool plus right there in the same app you get access to all the great free copy chief content to help you write better higher converting copy plus members can access the private form area right from the mobile app it's available for you for free right now, wherever you get your apps, Apple, Android, go get it. Download the Copy Chief app today because nobody writes alone. Well, this is good stuff, Aaron. Really appreciate you doing this and sharing all this with us. Um, all right, so let's get to the essential question of this show. Aaron DeHogue, what is the one thing you've done in your marketing that produced the most surprising results? You know, Kevin, I think it's that I brought on a really solid marketing team. I was uh, very fortunate that when I moved from Newsmax over to Agora, um, a person came with me. Uh, her name is Lindsay Sprudy, and she came over to head up the marketing team. And she, um, I, she's just she's really good at taking a promotion and scaling it. And obviously, as you know. As we go, as I mentioned even earlier, as we move forward, it's so important to figure out these ad networks and how to scale promotion. I, I compare it to this. I compare it to racing cars, right? At the end of the day, you can have the fastest car in the world, but if you don't have a great driver, then it's not you're not going to win the race. And your marketing team is that driver. Right. 
And at the same time, you can have the best driver in the world, but if they're driving some cruddy car, they're not going to win the race. So you got to have both. So I think a lot of people out there have great copy, but they don't have a great marketing team. And I think that's a great idea for a lot of people who are writing copy is if you're looking at a company, you got to look at their marketing team to figure out if they have a great marketing team. And one of the things that we really have is a killer marketing team. As we move into the future here, I think we're going to see a big transition to the companies that succeed have a marketing team that really understand ad networks in a whole new level. They have relationships with their Google reps or Outbrain or Facebook or Yahoo Finance or, I mean, there's a million different ad networks right now. And that's something that my marketing team's brought on. And I've realized that a promotion that's great can be just stellar. A great example is going back to the same promotion we've been talking about, this Paul Pilly promotion around the internet of things. That was starting to die around February or March last year. Orders were just plummeting. And the marketing team went back in there and they found new ways to market it. They found new paths to market it. And we're still hitting 300, 400 orders a day on a promotion that's about a year and a half old, which in the financial world, that's old, that's ancient, but they're still making it work. So I think there's one thing that's helped us to get to that next level. It's to have that killer marketing team. Yeah. Awesome. Makes a lot of sense. And again, a lot of moving parts and people need to be manning the dashboard as it were and making sure that everything's flowing like it should and always looking ahead. What else could we be doing? Right. What are the latest trends? What's the, what's the new tech that, that we could be using? So uh, really cool. Aaron, man, again, uh, this was fantastic. Appreciate it. Everybody uh, it's banyanhill.com. Uh, go get on the list, study this marketing. This, as you've heard, is you know direct response marketing at the highest level imaginable. Twelve million dollar uh, day off of a webinar. Think through this conversation and and the steps that took place to make that happen. It isn't just about the numbers; it's about uh, succeeding at the highest level with what we do and helping a lot of people get their hands on a great product that's going to make a big difference in their life. Aaron mentioned and talked about, uh, and by the way, I think that might've been my big takeaway of this whole call, Aaron, that the idea of having people express what they would do with that kind of money, it not only backs up your promise, you're not just making it and then like ducking around the corner, right? You're saying, hey, let's think about this together. What would you actually do with that money? And then sharing the the results with the other uh, folks who have signed up for the webinar so that they can all start to, you know, imagine and fantasize and get really invested in, in this potential investment. You know, uh, Kevin, just to jump in real quick, if anybody listening wants to check this out, we actually still have the website up. It's extremefortuneslive.com. And they can actually see our entire product launch series, including what people wrote about as far as what they could do with the money they're going to make. We actually put this video together of, uh, cause people sent us videos in about what they're going to do with the money. And it's a really cool video. So if you go to extremefortuneslive.com, you can see all of our material right up there along with the entire promotion. That's great. I'll definitely put that in the show notes as well. Aaron, again, really appreciate it, man. I hope we can do it again. All right. Thank you so much, Kevin. Take care. 
Hey, thanks again for listening to the Truth About Marketing podcast. If you like this show and you think other people would like this show, the best way to spread the word is by reviewing and rating the show in iTunes. Just log in, click review, leave a big old fat five-star review, and let everybody know that you dig the show so that they can dig it too. To get all the links and resources we mentioned on today's episode, please go to copychief.com forward slash TAM, as in truth about marketing. And if you'd like to uh, learn more about how you can improve your sales copy with uh, templates, formulas, coaching, feedback, or hiring a pro, do all that on the inside of the members area of copychief.com. And I will look for you there. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.